radioinfluence.com. All righty, what's happening, everybody? How you doing? Here in the dog days of summer, even though it's only the first week in July. I don't know about you. I am hotter. It, to me, this is the hottest summer ever. Maybe it's because we moved. We don't have a pool in this house. We have the woods. I love the woods. I'll still take the woods over the pool, even though we're in here in Florida, because I don't have to deal with it and clean it and skimmer and getting the chlorine and dealing with the pool pump and all that jazz. (laughs) That wears off. The fun of that pool wears off. But I'll tell you what, man, I am just, oh my God. But all is good. How are you doing? Now, This is a really good edition of the Rock Stops Here podcast because my guest is a returnee and we don't want to make this sad, okay, but Andy Freed is my guest. Andy Freed. I got a lot of response last year when I had on Andy Freed. He wanted to be a baseball play-by-play man, a professional, since he was a little kid. You know, when we were little kids, what do you want to be? Fireman. Um, I don't know, you know, a cowboy, you know, a, a pro baseball player, you know, but Day or Andy knew that he wanted to be a, a radio, a voice of a baseball team when he was a little kid. And he stayed with that until he met, made it to the top. He made it to the Tampa Bay Rays with his broadcast partner who he had never met, Dave Wills. Andy was from the Baltimore area. Dave Wills was from the Chicago area. They didn't know each other until they both, they got the job and then they were, they met and they had something to eat and the rest is history. And so Dave Wills, if you don't know, they were a great team and Dave Wills during spring training passed away unexpectedly shocked everyone family friends all of his listeners the organization major league baseball i mean dave and andy did a spring training game together they were in the booth it was a typical day no big deal i'll see you tomorrow and andy gets the news that dave has passed away and as they say in show business the show must go on major league baseball goes on And so here the season is fast approaching. They're in spring training. So Andy has had to continue. They moved up. Neil Solance, who has done pre and post game for so many years. So they were all familiar with one another. They didn't bring in a former player as an analyst. And so here we are. And I would see I would see Andy when I would go to the Rays games this year, and he always has that big smile. And I was wondering how how is he doing? How is he really doing? How is he able to be such a professional? Not only was Dave his longtime partner, but also his best friend. Whenever I would go into the cafeteria or the, the dining hall, the two of them were always sitting together. When you would see them walking in the halls or concourse or going up to the booth, they were always together. That isn't always the case with uh, professional on-air teams. You know, you might be together all the time when you're working. They travel together. They see each other more than they did their families. So last year, I had both at separate times, Andy and Dave, on the Rock Stops here. And they were great. 
How did they make it? They came from different backgrounds, but they made it and they became best friends. And what a great team. And now that all changed in the, at the drop of a hat. One night, all of a sudden, Dave, he's not, oh my God, he just, he passes away. So I wanted to know, really, when I see Andy, he's got that smile, but how is he How is he doing? How is he able to sound so good on the air? And he's so nice. He said, sure, I'll do it. You know, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to harp. I didn't want to hit on that too much. Just, we tried, tried to keep it light, but he was so, so good. He is good. He's great. What a good man. And we can all learn maybe from, from, from this. After this, as I always do, I hit you up with stories, but we sat down right in the radio booth before a game here at Tropicana Field. So without further ado, how is he doing it? When life, when life can change for you immediately and it puts everything upside down and yet you still have to go on with your career, with your job, and yet not only it's your best friend, man. So here he is. Here he is. Andy Freed. All right, he makes his return, his return. I got such feedback. I'm talking about the one, the only, the great Andy Freed. Ray's radio, and I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. I think I've been doing this now probably 120 episodes, and the most amount of positive feedback I got was you. How about that? I'm stunned to hear that, but uh, that's very, very nice. That, that is good to hear, and I like listening to you. So there you go. There you go. There you go. So all that aside, all that aside, and I know everybody probably asked you, how are you doing? How are, how are you doing? Fine, uh, by and large. You know, all, one thing I've learned through the last couple of months is a lot of people are dealing with a lot of stuff, uh, whether it's grieving for a friend or for a parent or whomever, but I keep this picture right behind me of Dave and I, I look at it every once in a while and think about him and in close touch with his family and, and friends and extended family. I was just texting with his sister today, in fact. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing a baseball game every day helps. There is something therapeutic about baseball uh, that for a couple hours every night and even the hours before and sometimes after we're thinking about other things. And yeah, I wish he was here very, very much. Miss him every single day. Uh, but I know, I know for a fact that he'd say, focus on the game and uh, do our job. That's what we try to do. Now, you, for those that didn't hear the first time that you came on, and I always ask, like, you know, how did you get to where you are? And obviously you worked your way up play by play in the minor leagues and got your call. You and Dave were put together, didn't know each other. But this was the thing that you always wanted to do. You, There's not many that when they're a kid, they want to do that. They focus on that. Then you get married, you get support from your wife, and you make it. And... I would think that having someone pass that was so close to you, the fact that you are still able to do what you do every day, is that is what's keeping you sane, I would say, Andy? Well, you said something there in the middle that, that to me stands out the most, and that is support from your wife, uh, because my wife has been incredible uh, from the very, very beginning. It wasn't uh, I made it to the majors, it was we made it. Uh, to the major leagues. And then, look, when you're with somebody, and I met her in 1996 and we got married in 2000, you're going to go through things in life. You're going to go through death of grandparents, uh, loss of friends, um, good times and bad times. And when the bad times are there, she's there. Uh, 
when the good times are there, she's there. Uh, so that, you know, having a partner in life has been very, very fortunate because I think the trick of this whole business is being able to to balance a personal life and um, and a professional life. Yesterday, I turned my phone off. Um, we hadn't been home for an off day since April. Uh, so I said, you know what? Phone is going in the drawer and I'm going to focus on being a husband and a father today because that's what I needed and that's what they needed. Um, so it, it's one thing if you're there and not really locked in, but to put the phone away is very important. So uh, that that to me has kind of been the not so secret secret of, of how it makes it work. But look, I, I, I love what I do. Dave loved what he did. Dave was all about having a good time. Uh, so to sit here and be mopey would not be doing a service to the listeners, nor the Rays, nor Dave's memory. So I take it very seriously, and I'll speak for Neil too. We both take it very seriously, not ourselves seriously, but the job at hand seriously, and that is to honor him by doing, hopefully, a good job. Uh, as good a job as we can on a daily basis. Sometimes we hit the mark, maybe sometimes we don't, but our goal is to do, do our best to get as close to it every day. The time, there's never, uh, uh, there's never a time that is good when a loved one passes. There really isn't. And especially for you, because the regular season was just about to begin. And not only do you have to go forth and broadcast every inning, every pitch, but now you don't know who they're going to pick to be your partner. How much did it help the fact that Neil was promoted and had been with you guys for so many years? And I've, and Babe and I have both known Neil a long time. Uh, I go back to the mid-90s with Neil. Uh, so we knew each other in the minor leagues when we were both working for minor league teams in New Jersey. So I've known Neil for a very, very long time. And I know his path has been a, a circuitous one. And I was more than anything happy for him that he got the opportunity. And, and without speaking for him, because I shouldn't, but I do know that he wrestled with the the notion of I'm here because Dave died, right. uh, and I think there is some inherent guilt in that. Uh, but I've said it to him. Uh, Stu has said it to him. Other broadcasters have said it to him. There's really no reason to feel guilty. And I know if Dave were here, he'd say there's no reason to feel guilty about it because that's honestly, let's face it, in this industry. That's quite often how jobs end up opening. <laughs> 18 years sure. at Bay News 9, yeah. I was the weekend guy. Dave Logan was the number one guy, former Buccaneer player. He has a massive blood clot, 40-some oh. years old. Oh. I'm at a lightning game. I get called, come back. Dave passed away. Next day, boss brings me in. It's a business. You're now going to get a five-year deal. You're the new guy. I stayed 18 years. That's it. It, it happens. It it's happens. life. And uh, the first person that helped me with that uh, was John Miller, who was, I was his intern back in Baltimore, and he called me. It was either that day or the day after Dave died. And uh, he said, you know, he goes, the only reason I came to Baltimore is because Bill O'Donnell, who was one of the voices of the Orioles, died. Because that's why they had an opening. Uh, it, it happens in this business. And I know for myself, if I were to drop dead tomorrow, somebody wow. would be here. Look, the game goes on. Dave and I used to say to each other all the time, the game was here long before us, and it will hopefully be here long after us. It is our job. We're fortunate enough to be in this booth at this time to make it as good as it can, to make it as entertaining as it can, to relay and continue to tell the story of the Rays, and then pass it on hopefully better to whomever might follow us. That's what it comes down to. The franchise and the game are way bigger than us. We are lucky, and I thank my lucky stars that I get to be here for 
um, a time period and during what is turning into be a really glorious period of race history. And I wish Dave were here. He's with me in my head all the time, uh, but uh, he can't be here physically right now. And yeah, that hurts. Raise win, raise win, raise win. I know, I know, I know he would be loving this. Um, there was something that you said there that I was just thinking about. Um, when I see the posts, the pictures that you, when you guys travel to ball, uh, the opposing ballparks, it really is, seems to be quite a fraternity of broadcasters that broadcast major league games and franchises. They all seem to put something in flowers and a remembrance of Dave. And really, it's big, but it's also a small, tight-knit community, is it not? Very much so. I, I think the radio broadcasters for teams uh, have, uh, I don't want to be so over the top and say a romantic sort of relationship uh, with baseball, but it feels like that to me. Uh, and I think people do feel connected because when you listen and you know the broadcast business, when you're listening on the radio, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. It's often when people are alone that they're listening, if they're driving in their car or doing whatever. So it feels very personal uh, to the person that is listening. I know I felt that way. You know, when I met my hero, Chuck Thompson, it jarred me for a moment that he didn't know me because I had known him forever, you know, through the through the transistor or whatever radio I was listening to in the car or whatever. So it, it felt very personal. So I, I think in this business, we all have that personal relationship. And it's been awfully sweet that the, so many of the teams have done that. And they don't have to. You know, I don't hold it against the teams that have not. Um, but the ones that have, it's it's I, I'll tell you what my process is. I go in the booth. I see it. I put it out on Twitter because I want everybody to share it. And then I take an, another picture of it and I send it to Dave's wife, his daughter and son. And then we always have a little go-between. So I know it means a ton to them. Um, when I come in the booth, though, I, I'll be honest, sometimes it jars me. Uh, because honestly, Rock, if I could be as honest, there are some days I'm just sad. Uh, and I just am. I miss my guy. I miss him. I think about him all the time. But he can't be here. And sometimes when you get to work, I, I need to be all business, right? I mean, I have to, the game's not going to wait for me to start feeling better. And it does throw me for a bit of a loop. Uh, when I go into the booth right. and it's there and I'm like, oh, that's right. That's right. God, I wish he was here. Oh, but then you think, you know, in a larger sense, it's uh, it's very sweet and it's and people mean well. I, I've learned that, too. Sometimes people come up to you and they say the oddest things about about Dave or or us. And I'm like, you know what? They they meant well. They really meant well uh, there. <laughs> so it's it's been an experience, man. It's been a season. But, but I'll say another thing, Rock, and I don't mean to blabber on too. No, please. That's On why. a personal level, my yes. best friend in the world, going back to high school, uh, died the first week of COVID uh, in March of 2020. Oh, a complete shock. My age, he was three months older than me. We were as, as close as friends could be. Um, that took a long time to get. I'm still not totally sure. past it because sure. you lose a contemporary and it really sent you for a loop. When Dave died, uh, it, it brought back a lot of those feelings again. Uh, so it's sometimes I'm sad and I'm like, how many confidants am I going to lose? <laughs> you right, know, right, right. I mean, how many people that that are my age? You know, and it's one thing when you lose when a grandparent or a parent. Difficult as that is, but when you lose someone your age and it's sudden, and both of them were very, very sudden, it it really it's a mind bender, and that's been a, a hard thing to work through. Now, how long did it take for you and Neil to gel? I would think. It might be a little bit of time, but again, he's been pre and post, has filled in. 
But he's not Dave. You wouldn't expect him to be Dave. He's Neil. And you probably had your nuances. Did it take a little bit? Is it still a, a little bit of a work or did it just flow? Well, I think the relationship on the air is ever evolving. I think Dave and my relationship was was ever evolving. Um, anyone that it's together, you know. Um, but Neil's a pro. I mean, he's a, he's a professional broadcaster that has his own wonderful story and his own experience, and he would not be in that seat if he didn't deserve it. He absolutely deserves this opportunity, and it's both of our jobs to make sure that this works. Um, but it takes time. It's like a marriage. It really is. You know, when I often when I'd introduce Dave, I'd say, hi, this is my work wife, uh, Dave Wills. And, and it's the same thing with Neil. So it, it, it's going to be ever evolving. We were thrust into this situation this year in March right. when we're both grieving at the same time. But both of us have a, a great want to make this work because it's not about us. Ultimately, it's about broadcasting what Shane McClanahan and Randy Rosarena and Yanni Diaz and Nisak and all those guys are doing. And to relay that, we are, it's not, Dave used to say, it's not the Andy and Dave show. And Neil and I feel the same way. Uh, it's not our show necessarily. It's we are relaying what's happening, hopefully in an informative and educational manner so that people can enjoy it and live through it through us. You know, we get to be the conduit. You know, we get to be the eyes and the ears and the smells and the emotions of it all. So it's our job to make sure this works. You know, we're, we're, a, we're a cog in the wheel of what's been an amazing season. Now, for you personally, on the business side or job side, you have added being in the Bally's booth for television. Is this something that you had always wanted to do? Or this comes up, you do it. Is it a lot different? Not much different? What's that been like? Well, I, I, I have had an interest in doing it because I did it in the minor leagues and I enjoyed it. It's a very different animal. I think I'm always going to be rooted in radio. I love the medium. Baseball and radio were made for each other. Uh, they are the perfect syncopation of pace of game and pace of radio. To me, they're just interwoven. They really could have been made specifically for each other. I love that feel. I love the one-on-one -on -one connection with the audience. I love being able to provide the whole show. You know, we often joke, the ground ball doesn't go to second until I say it goes to second. So you can weave in <laughs> through your pacing and, and tone of voice what, what happens, and it's, it's very, very enjoyable. But I like the TV side, too. I mean, I have great respect for uh, a lot of the radio announcers that have been able to shift over and do TV because it is a different animal. It, to me, it's much more of a adding a caption to the picture. And Brian Anderson is about as joyous to work for, uh, to work with, I should say, as anybody. I, I get a lot of vibes of working with Dave when I work with BA because we're giggling and laughing like kids during the commercials sometimes too. Uh, and usually it's like, oh, that's right. We're back on the air now. <laughs> it just kind of is a continuous conversation, kind of like what with Dave and I had. So I, I really, really enjoy it. And um, Gary Nicholas and Kevin Patterson, who work uh, in the truck, have been wonderful. Trish has been great. And, and all the people at Bally's have been wonderful. So it was supposed to be where Dave and I split those games up. He was supposed to do some of the TV. Oh, I, I was supposed to. Yeah, so we were both going to be doing TV oh. this year. Uh, and then they okay. kind of had a hole in the schedule, unfortunately. And and they asked, would you like to do it? And I, I said, in addition, yeah. I mean, I was supposed to do some. And they're like, why don't you just do them all? So the ones where uh, Dwayne is going to take some time, I'll, I'll be filling in. And, and believe me, and I said this to Dwayne before we left. I said, I want you to know uh, that 
when I was asked to do this, the first thing I said, and it's true, is, is Dwayne okay with it? Because Dwayne is the television voice of the race since day one, and he deserves that respect, and I highly respect his career going back to... I love talking to him about stories from when he was in the minor leagues and, and making it in, in radio. So to me, it was, uh, it was an honor to sit there, and, and thankfully, they, we have a few more on the schedule. It's been great. That is great. That is great. Okay. As far as the team... As far as Major League Baseball, what is it? You can see, obviously, how good they are, how talented they are, how consistent they have been. And with the low payroll, we know the story. But you talk to baseball people around the country. What is the respect like when you do your traveling or when the opposing team comes in that people in baseball have for this organization? Well, first off, I'll start with one thing. Dave and I had resigned ourselves to the fact back in 05, 06, 07, that we were probably never going to be a great team. You know, that 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 seemed like an easy, we're probably going to be a bottom of a division hey, team. At least. The Devil Rays are never going to be, oh, we bought into everything. They're never going to be able to catch up to New York and Boston. How in the world could that, it just didn't seem logical. So the fact that we've been so good now, basically every year since 08, with a few exceptions, yeah. 16 was certainly a step back. Uh, and there have been other years that haven't been so good, but the fact that we're a, a, a good and fun team to be around, the fact that this franchise busted the mold uh, and, and made it a possibility for this team to be good is just, oh my goodness, it's cloud nine to be in this seat and to be in this job and just to be around it. Sure, sure. That being said, I am stunned at how many people I find, and, and maybe it's towards the some of the major markets, New yeah. York, Boston, they really don't, I thought it was gonna be like a Hoosiers thing. I thought the once we got good, I thought it would be like, you know what, they are really something else and hats off to them. It's been much more of a how dare they be this good. And they, I, there's a lot of people in baseball I sense. This is just me talking. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about half of the race. They yeah. really don't want the race to succeed. Uh, I think when the race succeed, I think it's threatening to other markets and other organizations. And they think, wait a minute, if they can be this good on such a low payroll, what does that mean for us when we're spending X and finishing middle of the pack every year? So I think there is a sentiment of some people out there that really don't want the race to be good. So to me, there's always going to be that bit of a chip on the shoulder. Well, look, you know, it's it's fun going into New York and beating the Yankees in a series. It's it's fun going to Boston and taking three out of four. That's really, really enjoyable. Uh, but that being said, I think the real baseball fan gets curious about the race because they, they basically see them when they're playing and often beating the big market teams. So nice. what it comes down to is it's a very, the, if I have, Rock, if I have to hear the term, what's the secret sauce? I am so sick to death of that saying because there is nothing secret about it. It's getting good baseball players. I mean, look at every position on the field and you compare them to who they're playing. And on most days, you're like, well, all things being equal, I'd rather have Wander Franco at shortstop than their guy. I'd rather have Yandy Diaz than that guy. I'd rather have McClanahan than their guy that they're starting. It's just being good baseball players. That's what it comes down to. The, the amazing story of the Rays is ongoing and the fact that they've been able to do it and sustain it. I mean, how many times after OE do we have to hear, it was a fluke? Was it a fluke when they won the division in 10 and, and oh, made the playoffs in 13 and won the division in 20 and won the division and won 100 games in 21? At what point does that stop? Beginning of this season, they're not playing anybody. Without it how about every that? year. Here we are. Here we are. We've beaten all the teams and we still have the best record of baseball. So I've, I've, I've taken it as a, an enjoyable uh, part of the process. 
Is it frustrating sometimes? But I think some of it's turned this year. I think after the Rays continue to have the best record in baseball in May and, and now into June, I think there are some people that are like, you know what? They're just really good. Wow. All right, let's end it on this. When I when you did the podcast the last time, I said, how long do you think you're going to do this? You love it. And you said, I'm going to keep going. I love it just as much. Dave had said the same thing when he came on the podcast. The advice, both of you guys gave the same advice. Be yourself. I was like, wow, they both, they really do still think alike. But you also said you didn't want to get to a point where they'd have to kind of tell you it would be time. With all that's gone on, has anything changed at all? I think uh, your thought process? Dave's death has reminded me to make sure I live life for today. Uh, that, you know, always look for a lesson in something. I mean, Dave had some big plans coming up for his and his wife's 30th anniversary, which is November. Oh. Um, so that's what we talked about at our at our last lunch. Some of what would what he was hoping to pull off uh, uh, for November. Uh, and then he's gone within, you know, within a day. And it reminded me, oh, my goodness. Uh, I, at at some point, this needs to stop. I'm 52, so I'm not there yet. I oh, got to no. get the kids through college. You're way, uh, <laughs> uh, way. My wife way. has always said to me from the very beginning, when we were still in the minor leagues, she said, do this as much as you want. And she supports me in anything. And it's, look, whatever this t- it takes you away from the family, I'll take care of all that. Give me a couple years at the end if you can. Uh, don't do this until it drops to a level where we all lose our fastball at some point. It's inevitable. Father time. Um, So uh, father time has won every battle undefeated. So at some point, I don't know what that time is yet. I would assume at some point when the kids are out of college and hopefully they're settled in and we've got a nice situation going. And again, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So who knows when that moment will be. And and if I'll get to that point, Dave's passing has taught me that uh, in in a very difficult way. But at some point, I'd like to have time with her. Uh, and travel and do all the things that we've wanted to do while uh, while we're trying to piece together our lives with the kids because the kids come first. Right now they're 20 and a pair of 13s. So when they're uh, at a certain age, maybe we'll think about it. But at some point, I'm still having a blast. And as long as the Rays will have me here, I, there is nowhere in the world I would rather be than uh, one Tropicana Drive. You are a pro in the booth and in life. Thank you <laughs> Thanks, again, Bob. my man. Always my pleasure. All right, so there you go. I wanted to keep it light. I didn't want to, I wasn't going to harp on it. Where were you when you heard? What was your reaction? Oh my God, you know, none of that. We've all at this stage of the game lost close ones to us. And as I've gotten older now, my God, man, it used to be so rare when you'd hear someone that you really, really knew close to you you know, when you hear the word that they passed and now there's so many more that are just passing away. It's life, you know? So you try to enjoy every day. You try because life can be turned around and you might go, I'm, I'm going to go. We're all going to go. So it was, he's just, boy, what an attitude. He sounds so good on the air. But how about that? He just admitted like there's some days where he's just sad just sad you know i went uh i went to a celebration of life uh for somebody that i knew but really didn't know that closely but every time i met him which was only a handful of times and hung with him a little bit he was he was best friends 
with a good friend of mine, Jeff Hoyt. He used to have a, uh, he still does a detached garage. He lived down the street from me, and that's where I would go down and do my party and walk back be two houses prior to this one. And uh, his name was Lane. My friend's Jeff's friend, best friend Lane. Every time I met him, I always had such a good feeling. You know, I was always at a good time. He's just a good man. And uh, I found out about it, and I said, you know what? I think I should really go and pay my respects, and I did, and I'm glad I did, to his late wife, his son, who's taking over the family construction business, and uh, like, I, I mean, I really didn't know any other people there. My friend Jeff hadn't even, he must have went to the uh, ceremony or the, the church, and then, uh, so blah, 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 but... And, you know, you see the pictures when they when they put up the slideshows, you know, a lot of times at the wake or at the celebration of life. But when I was driving there, I was actually cranking some tunes and I was thinking of more of the good times. And I was like, you know what? When I was younger, I would think of funerals and be so sad. And now I want to I want I told my wife, hey, man, I want mine to be celebration of life. Because I've been so lucky for so many years and so fortunate to have such a good life. All the people I've met, I've got to do a sports casting, which what I love. I don't even consider it a job. I've been able to have a nice home and family and, you know, benefits and everything. It's just very, very fortunate and all the good times I've had. So celebration of life. I like that. And I was like, that's what I want to have. Celebration of life. Celebration. You know, there you go. So anyway, that, there, there you go. And Andy, thank you very, very much. You're doing a fantastic job. He's also doing TV this year, besides radio. Uh, for me, I don't know. Does it sound a little bit better now? I got some soundproofing in here. got carpeting. I got some fake brick paneling, which is wallpaper. that stick on, and it looks fantastic in this room. I did a couple of video podcasts and I was like, oh my God, it's low end. Nice guys, nice guys, really, really respect them, really respect them. It's not like it's big shows, big networks, but they do their shows. They do a good job and I wanted to get a, a practice round in because I'm putting this room together, the studio, and it sounded so hollow and I'm like, damn, when I went on my headphones, you know, I was like, that is so hollow. God damn. What it is, is the cord that I have to plug into my Shure microphone, it came out, it was loose, and it was just getting it off my, I was like, oh, but again, I want to get my reps in from a few like, you know, smaller shows, so I'm ready here, because I'm really trying to set myself up, you got to take that next step, I don't know about you, but you go along, and yeah, <clears throat> everything's going okay. It's going okay, going okay with the podcast and this and that. But it's time to take that next step. And you got to sometimes do it yourself. And so I'm in the process and I just want to be all set by another month to go, another, another six weeks. Once we start, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. about six, six weeks to go. I want to be ready to go. I want to be ready to go before the start of football season in late July, August, because there you go. I am very excited to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. I got everything squared away. I haven't got a credential yet. I need that because I want to try to bang out some names 
for this Rock Stops Here podcast. But really, the number one thing that I'm going for is Rondé Barber because I'm in the family and friends section. That's the invite. And check this out. So my wife the other day was leaving. And like I said, if you're not here in Florida, you don't, you can't experience it. You might, if you're living like in Vegas, you're living in the desert, that's another kind of heat. But I've never got accustomed to the heat and humidity of Florida. Never have. I've always been hot. And it is hotter than hell right now. And my wife was leaving the other day and Emily said, hey, when you get a chance, she always says that, you know, can you take those things and put them up there? And I want to be able to start driving my car into the garage because we've had so much stuff from the move. And I said, okay. And I really didn't want to do it during the day. I said, okay. Looks like, all right. And it's 100 degrees and it's humid. It's uh so I said, okay, honey. So she left. I'm like, oh, do I want to do this now? Do I lay down? <laughs> so, uh, hey, better let's get to it. So I got to it. And you got to get your mind right for the heat. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be hot. So I sat, we got this big couch that I don't want to put in the house. It's in the garage. I want to keep it in the garage because we got like a lake across the street. And you can see the water, big pond, lake. And when the weather gets nice, it would be, all, my wife comes, oh, with all the boxes and the car and the garage, you really want to be like, oh, sitting there. On it. I'm like, but it's so comfortable. So, and it's so heavy. So that's still there. So I start, I, the one box that I was going to move to put up high, I opened the box and here were some old pictures. And a lot of the pictures that have been in a garage, in an attic, because of the heat of Florida, it just, they lose color, they'll shrivel, uh, they just don't look good. Here is a stack of pictures of myself and Rondé Barber, who's going into the Hall of Fame in Canton. He and I did TV together at Bay News 9 some 20-some years ago. We worked at the Super Bowl, which was in Tampa. Every night we were at the convention center. He was just getting his start. And the pictures are pristine. They look like they were taken yesterday. And I'm looking at this and looking at this. And then I started finding pictures from a team I was on in New Jersey with my friend Ed Arce and his big brother, big Rich Arce, who has passed away a long time ago. I love that team. And then another picture of a team I was at on in Denver. And I had so much fun. I love that team. And I was looking at some of these pictures, but I was like, oh, my God. And meanwhile, sweat is just dripping. I took my shirt off. Sweat is dripping off me. And I'm like, I can't sit out in this garage. It's a hundred and some degrees. Let me bring this in. And I started doing it. So I ended up getting the honeydew list done. I put the the boxes up high. I moved everything out. I sweeped it. I put the paint cans. I moved everything. And she can now drive in the garage. Okay, got that done. But I looked at that and I said, I'm going to get one of these pictures blown up of Rondé and I doing TV together and maybe get him to sign it. I have never been a memorabilia guy. All of the great people and superstars that I have been in contact with, interviewed over the years, this and that, I don't have any autographs. I don't have 
any pictures. I got one or two. At the end, when I was doing those junkets, you you were able to get a picture on your phone. It used to be prohibited, but now the way things are, everything is changing because you can post it. But I don't have anything. I never wanted to bother anybody. A handshake was good for me. The memory was good for me. I know I probably should have. A lot of stuff would probably be worth money now. Damn it. But it just wasn't me. I never, never like, oh, can I get a, can I get a, your autograph? No autographs. Well, I said, you know what? It's now 2023. Rondé is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're working together here. And that's when he started. I'm sure it was a good memory. I'm going to get him to sign. I'm going to blow it up. So, and then I wanted to blow up some of the pictures that we took in LA when I went to the Rainbow Room on Sunset Boulevard outside the Viper Room, the Whiskey A Go Go, where my friend in New Jersey, Dave, used to play when he had a band in LA and all that. I really thought that was cool. And I'm like, you know, maybe the Hollywood sign. I'm going to get my wife. So my wife goes, yeah, I know how to do that. She does this at Walgreens all the time. Just send me the pictures and blah, blah, blah. And I said, what about these pictures? The physical pictures, like it's 25 years ago. Rhonda, Barbara, and I, she's like, yeah, I, you don't just take that in and get it. And she and my wife, my daughter, my daughter is going to be a freshman in high school. She loves busting my bizalls. Bad. Loves it. They thought that was so hysterical. I'm so old. I don't know how it goes. You don't take that picture into Walgreens. You got to take a picture of the picture and then you send that in. And usually you're going to lose some resolution, whatever. But I had all these pictures on set. It says Super Bowl. It looked right. And it looks like it just happened yesterday. And I'm like, all right. So I took a picture of, I pick one. Gave it to my wife. She sent it out. Of course, I went to the wrong Walgreens to pick it up. Par for the course. She told me the day before. But I ended up meeting a good friend of mine, Jerry P. Tuck, who's had health issues. He runs Radio Influence with Jason. And he can't, And I and I've been meeting to talk to him. He's had a, a whole bunch of health issues. But he's doing much better. Much better. He looks fantastic compared to the last time I saw him. You know, the color in his face looks good. He looks good. He lost weight. And meanwhile, I went to the wrong Walgreens to pick up the pictures that my wife had. But bottom line is the picture is so big, it's nice. It's going to be on the wall behind me for backdrop. But I don't want to, I'm not going to, I was going to bring it to Canton, but to bring it on the plane, to bring it in my suitcase, to try to get it. He's going to be bombarded with everybody. Get him to sign it. I'll try to get him to sign it when I see him at training camp. Hopefully I'll see him at NFL, Bucks training camp. Maybe I'll do that. But it turned out great. But the bottom line is my wife goes, go to the Walgreens, uh, uh, you know, this address. And I said, oh, I thought you said like uh, Boot Ranch. And I went the next day to the wrong, I forgot the address my wife told me. <laughs> and sure enough, who comes walking by me? Jerry P. Tuck. I've been, we've been meaning to talk. And here comes Jerry walking. He goes, they'll let anybody here. My man, let's go over to the shade and sit on that bench. And we sat there and I bet you it was 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. We just bullshitted about radio, old radio stories, this and that, this, what about this from my podcast, Jer. They've been like my my mentors, and we just shot, shot the shit, and it was great. 
Me and my, my father-in-law was texting me. He was going to come over and clean and trim the bushes. Addie stayed up till 2.30 in the morning, so she was still sleeping as a dog. This and that, this and that. And I was just under a, in a, over a covering next to Walgreens and just Jerry and I just talking, hanging. And it was great. And then I then I realized I'm in the wall and I go in for the say goodbye to Jerry, go in the Walgreens. He's like, no, there's no Emily under Emily, Major, what? No, no, that's impossible. I had a text her. She's like, you went to the wrong one. I told you yesterday. It was the one there. Oh, that's right, you did. <laughs> uh, sorry, buddy. Yep, I got the wrong Walgreens. And then, but you know what? By going to the wrong Walgreens, I never would have ran into my man, Jerry P. Tuck, and had a great conversation, and the day was fantastic. And when I got back, my wife was fine. She was taking a long walk with the dog. I grabbed the dog because it's hot with her little paws on the concrete. It's so stinking hot. And she's like, did you have, did you? I said, you know what? I needed to talk to Jerry anyway. We, we, it was great. She goes, okay, good. Here, take Macy. Okay, great. And there you go. And life goes on. Um, but anyway, for me, it's just been, you know, because I think sometimes when you have a change, like the move, the total move, living at my in-laws for five months, four months, whatever it was, I didn't think we'd ever find a house. We got sued. We had to get a, an attorney, a lawyer. We had to fight this lady that bought the house from us. We won that. It was stressful, man. It was, I didn't think we'd ever, and the prices were not higher than I thought. And there wasn't a lot of inventory and my daughter wouldn't agree. And how, how does she have the power? And it was, it was frustrating. But all that aside, it's all past. It's all history. And sometimes you got to go through a lot of bullshit to get to something that's worth it. And it meant most of the time, pretty much 90% of the time. So if you're going through something right now and it's really, really frustrating, I know you don't want to hear it and I know it's not going to help you. Don't worry, hang in there. It is going to happen for you. You're probably like, shut up. But it really does. And I know it doesn't help you right now if you're you're struggling through whatever it is, relationship, family, health. There is the other side, man. And it's usually, it is well worth it. And it is worth it where we are because it the house is great. The house is great. And this studio is killer. And I'm continuing. Uh, next thing for me is lighting, studying that. You know, get my thing plugged in here. So, and I'm not a hollow. But anyway, so it's good. But I'm also just like revamping. It's sometimes you need to take, you know, shape, take suit of where you're at. And I'm needing to do this. And it's working out. Okay, well, I got to start editing clips to promo here. How about putting video here? Who do you, what What program do you use? All right, I got, oh, okay. All right, I'm setting that up. Okay, I'm getting all this stuff. And so it's been great. And I really haven't, and you know, because there's no football. There is baseball. And I still get to get out there and cover the Rays. You got to do that. Um but there was something baseball related. I don't know, again, I'm not X's and O's. Um, but, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of stories here. So anyway, so anyway, there's that. But it's been, the, the, the downtime has been needed. And I'm, I'm feeling like 
energized a little bit by everything. It's like starting new. And I'm working on something and I want to be ready. That's always been my thing. Like, you got to be ready to take advantage of an opportunity. I never forget a long time ago. I was in New York City. I was working for FNN Sports, Financial News Network, but FNN Sports for the weekends. And it was during the week. And I would go in to Madison Square Garden or to um, cover some big press conference or Yankees or Mets or Islanders or Rangers or stuff like that. But anyway, I, w- I had done a story. I had f- I used to FedEx it. If it wasn't going to be live for that day, you'd have to find a TV station or an uplink facility before the days of the live you now. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too technical here, but... And I'm certainly not a technical guy. But I remember I was all done. This is a long time ago. And I sent my stuff to a a FedEx place in the city. And I was going to go on the train back to Dover, New Jersey. And I stopped in a bar for a beer. And I was sitting at the bar. It was a nice place. And before I was going to get on the train, and a TV show was playing in the background. I'll never forget this. It was called Yo MTV Raps. Now, if you're younger, you don't know what I'm talking about. But there was this show. There was It was called Yo MTV Raps. And LL Cool J was being interviewed. And they were asking LL Cool J about his career. And he said, when you get opportunity... You gotta, you gotta succeed. When, when you get an opportunity, you gotta take it and run with it. But and you gotta be ready when that opportunity comes. And that has stuck with me. So I'm working on something. Hopefully it happens. But when it does, I want to make sure I'm ready. Oh, I don't have my studio ready. Oh, I don't have my my shit together. Oh, oh, how do I do that? Who do I do that? So I want to be ready to go. You see what I'm saying? And usually that's the case. Just like when I was at, I worked at Bay News 9 and it, it helped me for my life. It take, took care of my family. Benefits, 401k, pension plan, great salary, everything. And But I had to be ready for that opportunity. And I was when I was here knocking on the door, practicing, you know, what I have to get doing back doing is reading out loud or talking out loud for long periods of time. I haven't done that. I tape this once a week and this is nothing. But, you, you know, I got to I got to be ready. So I'm, I'm that's what I'm doing now. And I needed this time because once football season starts, I'm all in. And I'm you know, hopefully I'll still be with Joe Bucks fan for my once a week. I want to do a little bit more this football season, but I like being, my thing is being there. That's me. That way, when I go on other shows, I can give you behind the scenes of what I've seen. Everybody has access to an, to the interweb. Everybody can do that, but I don't want to be everybody. And I'm here. I feel, I, I actually feel, I actually have a different attitude. I feel for the guys that cover these teams that aren't in the in the town or the city that they're covering the team at. How do they know? They're just constantly off the internet. Um, 
or you know game film that's it that's great but i so that's my thing and i gotta be there so anyway so it's been really 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 good and there there is once there is a story here and i'm not gonna keep it too long here today there is a story that i gotta i gotta hit you up on La, it's baseball related last week i saw that bobby bonilla every july 1st he gets $1.19 million from the New York Mets. It's going to go all the way to 2035, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Every July 1st. Uh, he's, and I was, so I got a Bobby Bonilla story. Bobby Bo. Okay. I was in that New Jersey, New York area. I was in the Mets clubhouse. Uh, I remember that gang. Okay, so now we fast forward, and I want to see how old is Bobby Bonilla. Holy shit, he's fifty nine years old. Where's the time going? So he gets one point one nine million dollars every July first. That is more than two current All Stars. You know how the All Star game is right around the corner here. Uh, there's two young All Stars that don't make that. Believe it or not, the Bobby Bonilla is getting paid every year that much money. So Bobby Bonilla, he was a cocky son of a bitch. So we fast forward. I was living in Denver, Colorado with my ex, Mela. It did not work. The relationship went sour. We both, it wasn't a, mac, a mix, a match. Mix, match, match, mix did not work. You know, I respect her and all that, but it just, it did not work. So anyway, I, we, we decided to move to Denver, Colorado. Neither of us had a job there. Neither of us knew one person there. I don't regret that decision at all. I love that. Where else in your life can you do that where you can just take off and go to a new place and don't know anybody and don't have, don't have, cause we didn't have any kids and just at the time and just go and we did she ends up getting a job as the executive secretary to the general manager that blows me away now the colorado rockies bob gebhart geb she worked she got the gig she was an executive secretary at the at&t corporation she's very good at what she did but she had no content no nobody in major league baseball she got that job incredible man we moved I don't know how she found out about it. It was like maybe in the paper, the Denver Post or something, Rocky Mountain News that they had. And she interviewed and she got the job. So she was working in Major League Baseball with the Colorado Rockies in their first year of existence. And here I am, the sportscaster, and I could not get a gig there. So blah, 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 blah. I was able to get credentials. I did a little radio uh, reporting for a national network one of those like traffic metro networks that's what it was and it was able to get something on letterhead blah 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 i did a little thing on my cloud blah 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 and so i go to a rockies game and the rockies are playing the new york mets and i think that's where it was it you know what i got in the clubhouse no eric young was there anyway bobby bonilla is sitting at his locker. And I go over to him and I said, hey, Bobby, Bobby, and he didn't even like look up. 
And I said, uh, you know, my name, so-and-so I'm from. I said, hey, man, I played on a baseball team in New Jersey this past season. My catcher was Kerry Baker. He played with you in a Pittsburgh Pirates organization? And he goes, ah, Bake. Yeah. Yeah, I always like Bake. What's he doing now? Doesn't he have a, a, a hitting a hitting place? And I said, he does. It's in Roxbury, New Jersey or Mount Olive. I said, uh, yeah, he gives instruction. He's got an indoor batting facility. No, I think he was in Rockaway at the time, and then they moved. And he goes, oh, man, that's great. I said, yeah, I got a few minutes. And he said, oh, no, man, no, I don't. I was blown away. Here he knows Baker. Baker was my catcher. Baker, I was pitching to him a couple of months ago in New Jersey in a men's league. He had just gotten released from the AAA Pittsburgh Pirates. He was telling us stories. He was great. And and he, he knows him. And then he goes, no, nah, I'm not. I, I can't answer your question. And it was only like one or two. And I started thinking about it. And I remember I can go down Brett Saberhagen. I can go down Lenny Dykstra. I can go down Kruk. I can go down the list of guys just like, no, nah, I'm not talking. No, nah, I'm working now. I'm not... And I was like, wow, I got turned down way more in the late 80s, early 90s from professional athletes for interviews than I do now. Seriously. And I'm not kidding you. Is it me? What is it? Because I'm older now? I was younger I pretty much always had the same philosophy. I never bothered anybody. If I came up to somebody and say, hey, I got two questions for you. I would stick to two questions. Seriously. I never went over it. I was always, okay, you can't do it now. Maybe later. No problem. No problem. I've always been the same. But I, I is it me or just, I don't know, man. But back in the day, I was just thinking about it. And I was looking over at, um, you know, we've got the all-star game. But I just thought about that, about the Bobby Bonilla. You know, that that that's my impression. So every year when July 1st hits and this Bobby Bonilla payment of over a million dollars by the Mets come up, I always think about that interview where he blew me off. I was kneeling down at his locker. He was sitting there. He had all the time in the world. He wasn't rushed. He wasn't going anywhere. And he's like, nah, nah, I don't have any, I can't. I'm not, I don't have any time to talk to you. Even though old Bake was a great guy. How's he doing? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Now, we've got the All-Star game coming up. And last year at this time, I was over at Joe Madden's house in Pennsylvania, right outside of his hometown in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And I've told it many times on this podcast, the story, so I'm not going to go into detail. It was one of the coolest weekends of my life or a couple days of my life. I went with Rick Vaughn. We traveled to Pennsylvania together. We flew into little Allentown, PA, small little rental car, Stayed for two days, two nights back-to-back in Joe Madden's house, watching the All-Star game with Joe Madden. He was such a gracious host. He got the hoagies, the pizza, just so delicious from a, a little place in Hazleton. He bought the beer. He had the wine. 
it, it was just so great last year. And, and, and Shane McClanahan from the Rays was the starter. I was telling Joe about him because I covered the Rays and this and that, the kid. And it was just so great. And somehow, when I was just looking up, uh, a former, a former Ray, he was a number one pick. Do you guys remember, do you remember the name Josh Hamilton? I was looking up the Bobby Bonilla thing and somehow Josh Hamilton popped up on my timeline and I just started reflecting right here before I started taping with you. I was like, Josh Hamilton, holy shit. Josh Hamilton came out of North Carolina. He was the overall number one pick in the MLB draft back in 1990. God, was it 99? I think it was 1999. He was so talented. He could hit legendary home runs. Uh, and he got in a car accident down here and he was in Bradenton, the Bradenton area. I think he went to a tattoo shop. Somebody turned him on with to cocaine and he had an addictive personality and that was it. And he was addicted to cocaine and he just went and, and, and it's, he struggled mightily, but I looked him up. I'm like, Josh Hamilton. I always remember him as the young kid. He didn't go to college. He was the number one pick right out of high school. So what was he, 17, 18? He's 42 years old. He's 42. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God. You know? So, and I was like, where is he now? You know? And I so I just Googled. I didn't, I know, I, you know, he was such a story. I used to do a show on TV in Tampa Bay with Tony Saunders. Tony Saunders, you can Google him. He was a left-handed pitcher for the Rays, and he broke his arm up by his shoulder, not once, but twice, and I experienced it both times. I was at the minor league game at Al Lang Stadium in the Florida State League when he was making a comeback, and he was there, and we were shooting video, and I actually was on the video on the third base side, we were just getting some B-roll because he was making a comeback and he, you could hear the scream, you could hear the break and he went down and it was this, it's one of the most, one of the worst things I've ever seen and I knew him, you know, and I ended up working with him for a year or two and it was during the whole Jose Canseco thing and he called him out in the book and all this and that but I always remember Tony telling me, I like Tony, he was a good dude, out of the Baltimore area. But Tony told me, he's like, he'll never make it back, man. He Talking about uh, Josh Hamilton, all the years he's done drugs, he goes, it's so hard to make the major leagues anyway. All the years he's done drugs, he'll never make it back. He's been out, all the cocaine, the booze. You, you, you don't make it back. And I and he did, did he? I was looking it up, man. I remember he was the ALMVP. He was a, what was he, like a three-time, I think he was a three-time All-Star, uh, or was it more than that? I wrote it down somewhere. But anyway, he was the MVP. Um, remember him at Home Run Derby? Oh, my God, that was unbelievable. And he he was on the Rangers, Texas Rangers, two consecutive AL pennants, five-time, five-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner, AL MVP in 2010. 
AL batting champ, AL RBI champ. He hit four home runs in one game. This is after being addicted and abusing his body to cocaine and booze. He was so ravaged, his body, he had lost all this weight. He went home to uh, his grandmother's house, and his grandmother took him in and had him sleep on a little bed in the back bedroom. And he basically, like, sobered up, you know, got it all out of his system. That went cold turkey. And I knew the guy here in Clearwater when he gave him a job after he came from Carolina, his grandmother's house. He was working at this baseball hitting facility, but he was having him sweep, clean the bathrooms, do stuff like that. How about that? Yeah. And he wanted to come back, and then his wife took him back. They had two little two girls, daughters, and all that. And then then he got back in, but he relapsed. He relapsed a couple of times. He also got a, I think he got arrested for, I think he was hit, he hit the daughter one time or so. You know, when you're addicted like that, it's uh, all, all systems. But he wasn't a bad person. He was just addicted. And he fell off. So now, and I remember, I remember when he was making a comeback. And I remember he was there with his wife. She was pushing a stroller. She's a blonde-haired woman. And the two little ones. And they had a press conference that he was making a comeback. And he was so happy with his with his two daughters and 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 the wife. And they really, she was supportive and all that. There was another time where I think he went to a, a Dairy Queen. He had his baseball uniform on, just like he was a little eager again with his family. And it was just a great story. And he made it back, but they ended up getting divorced. It, you know, it reared its ugly head when he had some slip-ups. And now I just saw that his wife, who's been through hell, Katie, I think she's 37, she's dating. She's on a reality show. Something millions or something out of the Dow Texas area, and she's dating her son, her daughter. Her daughter's like eighteen, I think. Her daughter's friend. The kid's a twenty-three-year-old guy, a rapper or something. Whatever, however it goes, I can't imagine it. But nothing about Josh. He must be living a quiet life. But I just that came up today before I started, and I just thought of uh, I can remember man when he came here. And we did. They did a little press conference where he. Uh, it was at the Namoli Complex. It's a where they used to train by Tyrone Square Mall in St. Pete. And he, it was just taking BP. We were there for batting practice, and he and these shots you could hear it off the the wooden bat like he could see. And I remember his big thing was his foot. He was a size like what a twenty two size foot or nineteen size twenty foot or something. He just was. A, he just he was like a young Paul Bunyan. I think that's what it was. But the drugs and how he made it back to and to be an all star and to be an MVP. And a home run, it's incredible, incredible story. But there's your behind-the-scenes baseball story for today. All right, listen, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. Subscribe if you can. If you don't want to, no big deal. I don't push anything. Just I'm very, very thankful for you listening and thankful for Andy, who is pursuing his dream of still being in the booth and not letting the death of his longtime best friend uh, curtail that. 
and you know we we could be gone tomorrow try to take just try to enjoy the day enjoy the day so listen guys thank you very very much i i have one minor thing in the can i don't really have anything i'll see how it goes i've been just busy getting everything situated here in the new house and my new my new uh we'll see we'll see but listen thank you so much for hanging all the way here to the end and i'll talk to you next week on the rock stops here